Welcome listeners to a new podcast from the Valley of the Sun, Phoenix, Arizona. Our podcast is called Go Entrepreneur Yourself, where we bring you local entrepreneurs and leaders from across the country to share their story about adversity, triumph, and their business. Thank you all for tuning into the show. My name is Jonathan Yamasaki, your host, along with my co-host. My name is Ryan Clark. Really excited to be here today. Yes, we're excited for our very first episode um, because the entrepreneur of the day is a near dear friend of mine, um, Zuma Stevens. She launched her business from the ground up about two years ago, um, and her business is called Immaculate Cleaning Solutions. So welcome to our show, Zuma. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for having me. I really appreciate the invitation. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm gonna let Ryan start it off for us here. So yeah, we're gonna start this off a little fun here. Um, we're gonna do what we call the fast five. So I'm gonna okay. ask you five quick questions. Um, okay. You can't see what they are though. Okay. Um, <laughs> And, you know, keep them as short as long as you want. But, uh, yeah, it's just, just to kind of open things up. Okay. Uh, question number one. You're president of the United States. Who is your vice president? Oh, wow. <laughs> you can tell I'm not very involved. It could be anybody you know. It could be anybody you know. It could, be a, it could be a family member. It could be anybody you know. Oh, so, so who would I choose if I had my choice? Yes, absolutely. Anybody in the world that you would want. I'd choose myself. You're gonna you're gonna be president and vice president. And, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I got this completely confused. Okay, so okay, so I choose vice. Yeah, you're I'm the president. president and who's who is the vice my president? vice president? Mm-hmm. My husband. Why? Um, I think we are a very good balance, and he always balances me out in the most difficult of situations. It's like we're the complete definition of yin and yang. Cool. So, so yeah. when you got your hand on that nuclear button, he's just like, no, he's like, no, don't do it. <laughs> Have you thought about this yet? Okay, question number two. Kittens or puppies? Which one are puppies. cuter? Oh, that, I didn't even totally have the question. Yeah. Perfect. Um, all right, number three. What was the worst vacation you ever took? The worst vacation I ever took? Oh, probably Vegas when I was 16 because it's Vegas and I was 16. That makes sense. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, what was the first job you've ever had? The first job. I started working when I was 13 years old for a cell phone store, and that was really tough. My boss had very high expectations and at 13 when you don't have any work experience that tends to be tough um, but it taught me a lot first job at 15 Vegas by 16 that's awesome and finally uh, what was the music you were listening to on the way here I was listening to Tony Bennett really yeah that's awesome. <laughs> I love Tony Bennett that's good stuff yeah. All right, that, there's the fast five. I think we're warmed up now. Yeah, John, okay. you got some great questions for us today. Ready to go. So let's get this show started for our listeners. Um, so Zuma, tell me a little bit more about your business and what it is that you do. Okay, so when so our business is a janitorial commercial cleaning company, but what, how we like to put it, it is that we are we provide marketing for your buildings. If a building is not clean, it can not be sold and it makes it a lot more difficult for it to be sold when it is not clean but it's like going into a building it looks great the atmosphere is great the lighting is great I mean look at this building it is beautiful right but if it was dirty would it be the exactly the same mm-hmm. so that is that is what we like to do everything looks better clean like yeah. my John you look better when you're clean <laughs> yeah. yeah I decided to shower today so good thing <laughs> Thank, thanks for that one yeah um, and then what inspired you to start your business um, and then why are you in this type of business uh, to begin with because 
uh, didn't you, you graduated or you went to school at GCU? Right. And then you, uh, after GCU, um, most, most people aren't always like, oh, I'm gonna start a cleaning company. Right. So what was it that really inspired you to do? Well, you know, it was a, multi a series of things. Um, I was going to GCU. I personally didn't finish, I didn't graduate. Um, and I had a few experiences that just led me, maybe it was I was just too impatient I just wanted to get my foot in the door, start something on my own. But at the time, I was working um, as an office manager for a real estate investment company. And we had a few buildings that needed to be cleaned. We had a really tough time finding the perfect cleaning company. It was either quality or negligence, or they were never, they didn't show up when they, they were show, showing up. And my family has a history of being involved in the service industry, whether it had been maintenance or construction. It, I come from that background, um, but yet there was never like a solid foundation of like, let's build a business behind it. And being an office manager, I just got frustrated. I loved the people that I work with, but I just wanted to step out and do something on my own. And it's like, you know what? I have enough money to either buy a house or start a business. So what we ended up doing is instead of buying a house, we put all of our money into, um, into starting a business. We paid all of our bills for the year and we wow. just went went in and started a business and we started with um, with thousand uh, dollars for supplies equipment all that and then here we are Wow and let me just to, to understand you said you paid all the bills for the year right okay so then you didn't have to worry about those all so you were focused to, on mm -hmm. was the business was the business so we took care of like any bills that we had and uh, my in-laws have been more than generous with us so they've been very supportive and you know we we are very grateful that's awesome i love that about you you had that spark you're already in school hitting the books but you're like i, I just want to be out there and start right doing something with myself and getting already going so what is it how did you you know you just came from college what did you do to earn those skills necessary to be able to i guess start that business um well you know i think I've always, in a way, I've, how do I put it, I like the books. I love to read, um, but also I've learned that I'm more of a doer, and that's how I learned. I always sought out for opportunities when I was in high school. I interviewed, or I internshiped uh, with Paul Winslow, who was an architecture firm, and I did a small internship there, and I was very flexible to whatever it is that they wanted me to, to do, I would do it. So then I did that, and then right when I graduated high school, I interned for a fashion designer, Alma Primero, and she was fantastic, so I handled her marketing, and within five months, just be, be, to be given the opportunity to handle things the way that I think it, that I think and learn and give the opportunity to fail, um, we, within five months, we helped her company grow 500% over those five months. And it's just, I, I think I've, it, it is the love for the actual business itself. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people either fall in love with the product or they fall in love with the process. I'm more of those process people. Wow. Yeah. How, how did you network yourself into those internships? Um, just relationships. And I, yeah, I guess I was, I was oh, so blessed. So you just kind of in the networks already, so you, so you knew them. But to start that early of an age, I just thought, yeah. like, wow. You know, because that's, that's something that's surprising to me is that somebody can start learning mm -hmm. these types of skills at 
such a young age and be doing these internships as well. At such a young age, people always think that, oh, that's what's going to happen after college. Right. Not with you. No. You're like, no, I want to learn now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just very impatient. And I think it's just reaching out to, like, who do you know? Like, Ryan, you know, who would you know that I, this is what I want to learn and, mm -hmm. you know, what can I do? Do you pass that along to anybody under, under you or do you take any internships or, like, try to go out there and teach people as well as how mentors have taught you? I would definitely be open to that. I think right now I still have a lot to learn, but that is definitely something that I would more than welcome down the road, maybe even start something that focuses on, on that because it's just been so impactful mm -hmm. to me. Um, I try to pass it on to my younger siblings, but you know, normal <laughs> younger siblings are not so receptive. But yeah. I have two. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about. It's like you're at home, they're cleaning, telling them to clean up their mess, but then now you're like, all right, clean up your mess. Again, but he's working for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so, not the best. Cool. But, so yeah. I love that because you got a little bit of these um, skills from these various internships, and you mm -hmm. did a little bit of marketing. Mm -hmm. So tell us, how did you end up marketing your business, um, and what were your most successful tactics? Um, you know, uh, uh, I think the biggest lesson that I learned was um, I, in the beginning, I used to think, oh, there's one way, one right way, and there's one wrong way to do things, and I learned that there is no such thing as right or wrong way. It's kind of, it's an art. And with us, up to this point, what has worked the best is making ourselves, creating our company to be the company, the unentitled cleaning company. I see more other companies that come in, that come in to the industry or communities and they, they lock customers in for, okay, you're locked with us for three years and if you don't like it, well, sorry and I don't like that at all that's why we always um, we well I believe that we're not in how do I put it that we're not entitled to customers and their business it's not something that we win them over right in the beginning we seduce them and we tell them we're the best cleaning company it's putting together everything behind that and if at any point we fail, we don't meet, well, there's that satisfaction guaranteed where, hey, it's you get a free cleaning. You, I lose money and you get a service for free because of my negligence. And if you don't like it and if I still don't continue to meet your standards, you know what? I, I don't deserve your business. And it's just constantly that. A lot of it is relationship management and understanding people's personalities, personality management. I think it's huge and it's definitely something that should be taught in school, <laughs> but it isn't. Oh, but yeah, I think it's, it's all that. Yeah, and that's amazing. I love that you say personality management. Mm -hmm. That's something that's really important in building relationships with your, and building trust mm -hmm. with your uh, clients. So that is a great segue for the next question. How do you build those, that trust and confidence when you're working with these customers through your services? Um, how do we meet the, the trust? Well, I'm trying to think how do we not, but um, I, think the, <laughs> I, I think that the best way of putting it is you know, it's, it's the simple old school answer. You just show up, do what you have to do, make, make the customer really like you, and but how do you systemize that and make sure that your entire team follows that? And that's where a little bit of the leadership comes into because it's not just one at one point or it's not just one thing, it's at every single thing. It is the, it is everything from what your company represents to what you say, and not only that, but following it up. That's why we're big on like excellence, integrity, gratitude, and and then giving back. 
And those are all great things. I mean, right. I, I love the fact that you give these business owners or these people that are hiring you mm-hmm. uh, flexibility, you know, not locked into any commitments. Uh, obviously, that makes people feel really good. And basing on your, your work off of the customer service that you provide, being on time, like you said. All right. But what, how do you really go out there and and find people that are looking to hire you? Do they just call you through word of mouth? Do you, how do you market yourself in that way is to be able to find, have those people find cues so that they can spend mm-hmm. money with you? Um, well, we've done everything traditional. I mean, up to this point, we've been in business for about for three years. Uh, we've done everything from like you know focusing on our SEO, doing the online, having an online presence, the online marketing. A lot of it, a lot of it is reaching out, um, networking events, uh, rela- the relationship. Who do we know? And slowly start spreading, spreading the word that way. But I think more than anything, it's preserving the reputation no matter what even if we're going to lose money we are will not do a bad job because that is where the integrity of the company itself comes in and that i protect with my life so Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i mean i make an emphasis because i've had i've had accounts that i've had the commitment we were losing money because of my it's a learning experience it's a learning process but no matter what i was not going to default on it because it is the reputation that we preserve so yeah, and how how do we yeah. go back and we we look at the customers? Um, you know, just putting the basic standards: uh, cold calling, going, getting doors shut in my face, and <laughs> having people you know say get out of here, and then learning how to handle all those objections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, you're a well-spoken woman. You burst with confidence. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you were able to you know gain this through your experiences. But everyone always has somebody, a mentor, someone that they look up to Mm -hmm. that they help them through that process. Do you have someone um, that you know who has helped you through this process and helped you build your your empire? Um, I've had had multiple people. I've had, um, ever since high school, I've had Katie Hansen, which was one of my fashion teachers who helped me with the internship, with both internships actually. Uh, she really, I think if I can go back from the beginning, I am indebted to her with my life. I never thought anything beyond being a stay-at-home wife, being a mother. I come from a really small town in Mexico where, I mean, if a woman is in business, if a woman is out after eight, she's on to some trouble and it's not appropriate. And, and I'm one of those, like, I'm working at, out of a Denny's because everything else is closed at two in the morning. And yeah, I'm not very traditional now, but she really opened my eyes to see how there was so much more that was possible for me than just that, than just, and there's nothing wrong with it at all, but it is just, I knew that what it's saying, what was gonna make me happy. And um, so, you know, going back to Katie Hansen, beyond that, you know, every mentor I've had, I've also had actual um, professional coaching that I've gone through uh, with Quentin McCain, and then, um, and recently, one of the greatest mentors, uh, Christine French, just mm-hmm. passed away, and you're familiar with her. Yeah, bless her heart. Yeah, bless her. She was she was absolutely amazing and the biggest, the the be- one of the greatest persons I, people I've ever met. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, obviously you're doing this for yourself and in the honor of all your mentors, um, and something that kind of 
I always like to bring up is you always you always learn something from everybody. Absolutely. A little bit of information here and there. And to me, what you really emanate is like, uh, this is funny, a sponge. <laughs> because you gather all this information and then you clean yourself up and you squeeze all the stuff out that you probably don't need. Right. Um, and then you keep all the, all the good stuff, the, the, the little marks on there that are really important for you to be successful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I think it's a never ending process. And I know that some people may disagree with me. Um, I think we have the ability to be anything that we wanted to be. Growing up, um, I don't think I was disciplined as well. And I really, there was something about me that I just hated myself. I hated who I was. I, and I'm talking about it with deep dis, disdain towards myself, but it was, just because I didn't like that I was that I was undisciplined, I didn't like that my possibilities were so small based off like my background and where I come from, and it was I didn't like a lot of it. And I thought, you know what, I have the I have all of it. I have con complete control over to becoming who I want to be. But I know it's not just going to happen by chance. I'm going to have to work really hard. I'm going to have to do everything that I possibly can at every second to become that person that I have to be. And it's just going to be constant progress throughout time. So, now speaking about mentors, obviously there's right. people that probably could be listening to this podcast right now that might not just have the natural resources or the natural mentors around. Maybe they couldn't go to school, but they do want to learn these types of things. Absolutely. What would be your advice to them of like how to reach out, who to reach out to, maybe resources for them to be able to find somebody to help mentor them and help lead them down the right path? Right. I think, you know, you're, it's always surprising to know who people know. And a lot of times we don't, we think, you know, oh, this person may not know, but you don't know who they know. And it's just letting people know what you're interested in, what it is that your goals are, what it is that you want to do, and have them reach out to everyone in their own circle and ask, hey, you know, this is what I want to do. Who do you know that I may be able to help with? And just come a complete voluntary in internship. I think it's never choose money over knowledge. Never choose yeah. it over education because in the long term, yes, you can have a job at McDonald's that in you know as a high school student will it's a lot of money because you haven't made any before. But yet it's like go intern, do everything free while you have as least responsibilities as possible. Mm -hmm. And once those responsibilities come in, it becomes much tougher. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. All right. And um, back to your company, Immaculate Cleaning uh, Solutions, I wanted to ask, um, in a city where there's so many cleaning companies out there that do commercial cleaning, right. um, some that have been here for, for more than more years than you have, um, how do you compete with some of those uh, companies right now? You mentioned it a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but I want you to kind of talk more into it of how, how, you're, how you stay alive in this, in this world. Um, Everything that we've done up to this point is keeping integrity as the first thought in mind. When it comes to it, we also put people first. Our employees, um, you know, we, it, it's very warm to hear, I've never been treated as well as this anywhere before. And with companies, what I feel, I think that, especially cleaning companies, um, what happens is they forget that people, that, that what, what's the word for it, that touching, people, people's hearts first. 
hearts and minds. Hearts yeah, and like running over their hearts and minds. Right, right. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I think a lot of companies that have been around for a long time start seeing just like the structure and it's like no it's like you have to keep in mind that people are showing up uh, you know the reality is that cleaning is not something people do for fun I know I, I don't do it for fun I've done it and it, it's just because these people show up to work every day and they want something so much better for themselves and they want so, something so much better for their families and when they're there beside they're scrub, you know scrubbing a toilet Somebody walks in. You don't. You, it's not something that a lot of people take pride in. And yet, to get a manager come in and say, "Hey, why aren't you doing this right? Or why aren't you doing that right?" It is just the most how do put demoralizing. Yeah, it's very demoralizing. And I, I will never. I promise that, and I promise it publicly. That's never going to be who we are. We want to bring back dignity to these people who are doing mm -hmm. it because they have a dream. They want to do something so much better. And that this is just the path that they are going through mm -hmm. to get some somewhere better. I've always said that if you have pride in your employees, your mm -hmm. employees will have pride in their work. Absolutely. I think that's kind of where you're going with it. It's like, it's you know, a person's not just somebody that you just pay to do a job. Absolutely. You want them to feel included. You want them to feel like they're they're welcome there, that they can come and talk to you at any time. Because ultimately, with it, with your integrity, with your, with your own customers, they're the front line. Absolutely. You're there to help get the job, but if they don't go and fulfill the job the way that your standards are, right. it hurts your business as well. So mm -hmm. usually that's one of the main focuses that I've always known is, is when you have pride in your workers, they'll have pride in the job. Absolutely. Yeah. Goes forward. Yeah. yeah. People always come first. They're the biggest asset. Exactly. And then uh, this is something from like my perspective. So I don't, I'm not familiar with the business okay. um, too much, but whenever I go to a hotel, uh, I see an apartment complex. I've always seen elderly people or people 30 and plus that are cleaning these apartments, these places. Um, what are you doing to maybe help reach out to the younger audiences, younger people to get some employees in there that are maybe trying to get some experience or move up with your company? Because I remember when we were sitting down at a coffee, mm -hmm. we are talking about how there's like the lack thereof interest in like trade mm -hmm. schools and things like that. Um, so what are you doing to try to get show those people that this is a sexy business this is something right. that you can thrive in if, right. if college is not the uh, alternative absolutely you. oh absolutely I remember now our conversation you know it's it's very interesting how a lot of people don't think about it everybody you know and it's great for the people that are getting their degrees but there's actually some <laughs> there's actually some money to be done especially if you're doing it for yourselves I, I've my mom's also involved within the cleaning industry um, but she works for a lady and independently this lady's making about a hundred thousand dollars just cleaning and when you do it for yourself it's uh, I think it, it's a really great way I do feel that a lot of the service industries especially our industry it's going to be it's going to be changing in the way that it's being ran and there is definitely opportunity for the people that don't want to go into college don't want to go straight to a degree there is definitely some money to be met and these are definitely services that's that are still in need. Actually, there is a huge need, especially growing within the service industries. We're hearing about construction companies losing contracts because they can't be fulfilled. There's not enough workforce available. Um, and yet the money is there, but you know, unfortunately, it's not the most pleasant. It's not the funnest jobs. They're not the 
what people would consider fun or entertaining or prideful, but yet there there's money to be done. It is a great route. It is dignified work. Um, I, I really I, I would say it's a really great option for someone to pursue, especially straight out of high school. And there's really great money to be won. You can make over thirty, forty, fifty dollars an hour starting out. Yeah. So. And how are you keeping up with like technology, with the competition? Well, more so with technology rising right. um, for this type of industry. Um, a lot of it is being with phones. I think they cr it created a way a great transition with technology. Anything that's quality control, any inspection, especially communication. What that is one of the biggest issues I feel within the, the industry. It tends to be communication or miscommunications. Um, it has allowed to close some of the gap. I've also, it's, it's been very interesting how I'm seeing now um, more technology and innovation being pushed with now drones. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? Skyscrapers being cleaned with drones. And yeah. that's, that's pretty neat. That's some new level stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it's sweet. And now you have, um, what is it? I think Walmart already started their automated, uh, you know, those floor scrubbing machines? Yeah. But they are non-manned. They're, uh, yeah, they're all set up and programmed to run by themselves, and that's all t technology. Yeah, there is definitely big opportunities being grown within the industry. Wow. You know, w labor costs are probably the most expensive within our industry, yeah. and I think all that is definitely going to be a great aid for it, where you have more technology being mm -hmm. pushed in and everything's automated and non -spent. There's actually um, the Internet of All Things is... Right is pushing now uh, dispensers. It's dispensers that let you know through the internet technology, let, letting you know when things need to be refilled. So that definitely cuts the cost on expenses for a building and it allows for competition to actually come in and yeah. Now with things like this with like rising technology thing and everything else we've been talking about here, obviously when people start in business, they always say whatever profits you have, you invest back into the business. Mm -hmm. Um, you said you started off with $1,000, so obviously you were probably just reinvesting, just keeping it building yeah. up, at least for the mainly the first year since the bills were paid, which yeah. I thought was like, how do you do that? Tell me that later. Um, I want to know how to get my bills paid a year in. Uh, but really, I'd like to know is what kind of percentages of your profits were you reinvesting? Where was the main focus of the reinvestment? Mm -hmm. And did the, did the reinvesting ever change over time or was there maybe a spike here for certain reasons and then a lull here for other reasons? You know, I think realistically um, and being completely honest and upfront, I think it's part of it. You also have to keep yourself surviving. So it's because I'm not saying it's, it, it's easy. It's mm -hmm. something as simple as a cleaning company has been probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life where it is so tough I I, I mean I've done college mm -hmm. nope not the hardest thing it's um where now you're surviving because not only is your household going to be surviving with you but everything else it, it's tough but it is definitely worth it and the returns are definitely there if you're smart and it is a risk it's something that I know that a lot of people don't really like to hear but it is really tough um, in regards to the profits, oh yeah, everything in the beginning, every single penny was being put back. Where can we go? What can we do? Let's, okay, we have to make sure this is paid. And as we started scaling up to now getting contracts, about $100,000 contracts, um, as we've gotten to that point, it's um, 
a lot of it now it's the investment into capital and upfront and dealing with 30 to 60 day uh, payouts and it's you know it's handling all of that and it becomes a challenge and it's tough so but you know at the end <laughs> you can hear the, the the stress in my voice um, so it is it's a bit of all of that but it's definitely worth it I think that mm -hmm. at, if I would have never done this I would have had a job that pays me what pays me now but yeah. this is the focus is growth for us it's growth and then getting to the point where okay we can level that it out and kind of what is it straighten out all the wrinkles and mm -hmm. and yeah that's the process because the, the the products that you have to have aren't cheap the equipment that you have to have isn't cheap. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things that I uh, forced myself to enjoy when I was in the military was waxing floors. <laughs> and every time I had the little spinny thing and I was going around on the floors, I just said to myself, I'm like, I wonder how much this thing costs. And I never knew because yeah. I'm old and there wasn't internet back then. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was just like, how much does this cost? And I think that's one of the biggest things that anybody that wants to start up a business. Right. I think it's the hardest thing for them to realize. It's like, well, how much money do I need to have to start this off? Right. What what overhead do I have? What equipment do I need? I think that's where people get so frustrated that they end up shutting down on that idea right. or shutting down on the dream. I think it's a little bit different nowadays with technology, people creating apps. Right. You know, it's like if you know how to code and you have an idea, right. that's what you can do. But for people like you you have overhead, it's, you have to buy products in order to make right. money, you have to buy um, equipment, you have to pay employees. Mm -hmm. It's it, it, To me, that's the hardest part, is figuring out what money do I need right. to be able to get all that done. You know, it, I think it depends where people want to start. For us, we started with $1,000, and that was to buy a protein backpack, backpack vacuum. I don't know if you've seen those purple ones that look like something out of a Ghostbuster oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so it was to buy one of those. We bought a mop bucket. We bought, you know, we got mop, what is it, mops and mop heads and squeegees and microfiber towels and and just all that and then enough to, what was it, and fuel for the truck and there we go. And we got <laughs> it and we invested all that and then we, <laughs> We, oh, it's so funny, let me, t let me tell you. Um, so we got our first account, we were charging $180 a month, and we were cleaning it, and by the time that we did the math, we've already had done it for a while, but we had nothing else coming in, so we were working for about $4 an hour. And that's the truth. I think a lot of, there's, it's a very romantic idea, entrepreneurship um, but it is the honest truth and it is it's almost artistic where it's so sad at times but then you come out and it's such a beautiful experience and it's it's just a lot of that and now you think now we think back and it's like oh my gosh I can't believe we did that <laughs> I love it <laughs> but it's it's just beautiful yeah cool. that, that's the truth and uh, one thing that I'm curious about as far as like when you're running your business as a business owner or entrepreneur, how do you accomplish more with less? So that's like lean, mm -hmm. uh, having some sort of uh, things to eliminate waste so that you can increase proficiency right. within your business. Um, the great thing about starting out and being so young, early, even till or three years in, save as much as you can. Don't be wasteful. 
don't take pride in being in thinking you're an entrepreneur and it's like woohoo i made money but none of it is going back into my company i'm going shopping and that was one of the biggest lessons where it's like where can i get this exact same thing for so much cheaper and sometimes it's sam's club and sometimes it's goodwill and sometimes it's it's a yard sale and it is pushing your dollar out as far as you can while still keeping the quality because Squeezing you don't want to dollar, yeah. keep replacing it. Yeah, and how do you stay lean? Um, how do you stay lean? Systems. Create a system. Create a system from the beginning. This will save. Um, this will save big headache and a lot of money. We had. We were doing everything using multiple tools for it, and it's like at the end of the day, it's like nope. We should have just done a system. How is it done? And use like for example a window or a cleaning a room where we had a microfiber and we had this mop and we had that mop and that does that because it specializes in that and it's like nope how do we systemize it so that every service is done exactly the same way using exactly the same tools that we can purchase at a less expensive amount for this much and it's just systems that's probably the leading at this point that's probably the leanest way yeah that's great because not many people think about that those little things that could really save costs at the end of the on your financial statements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as a business owner, because I know you're talking about you're building your base, you have all your clients that you're working with, and right now you talk about a $100,000 contract that you just done. When, when do you walk away from a sale? When is it that maybe it's going against the integrity that your company has, or um, if you have not experienced that just yet, what would you do? What, what would push you to that point where you would walk away from a sale? I think that is a very good question. I think at any point you have to know who it is that you are, what it is that you stand for, and what your value is as a person. Um, that had been very tough for me. My husband has a better time with that. I have a really tough time with it. I had a very tough time with it till recently. Um, sometimes there will be people who push you and disrespect you and basically they want excellent quality for almost free how I learned to view it it is by I, I had a tough time saying no to certain contracts because I, I was surviving I was making sure that our bills were paid our company was running our people were paid we had what we needed and we can continue another day and that's where my mentality was at and it is thinking of it from it is a disservice that I am doing to my people by accepting anything less than what we can we can take by us not making a profit yes everything else is paid and we survive another day but if we don't make a profit we are wasting people's time we're wasting our employees time we are wasting not only that we're eventually going to put, be put in a situation where we cannot deliver excellence to the customer and then it comes reputation when and we're wasting their time and how much is the time really worth how much if you really put a value to time how much is the, the time really worth especially if they're another business who has gone who has gone through the same struggles that we have we're wasting a lot of their time when they we could have just told them you know what i cannot do it for this price i do not want to waste your time this are these are the standards i deliver if these this is not within your budget i don't want to waste your time please here's who i can recommend you to mm. and a lot of the time it's just understanding your value and it is also a disservice I'm doing to my people and I don't want to do that so oh, thank you thank you for telling us about that 
why do people fail in this industry? Because obviously there's a lot of businesses out there, but we never hear about when they fail. Right. Um, um, you know, I don't believe in failure. I don't think it exists. I think it is the word we use to replace quitting. Um, when we started out, it was scary. We, had, we didn't have much. And we said, I'm going in because I am willing to fail. But what I realized is there will always be ups. There will always be downs. It's, it's almost like a stock market chart. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. That's how it works. Sometimes it's really great and you're at your high because everybody loves you. And sometimes people don't love you and that is very tough. And it's, you don't ever fail until you quit. Because if you, you can always, you can hit rock bottom, but if you just keep going again with a thousand, at least a thousand dollars, I got my mop and I got my bucket and let's, let's go again, you haven't really failed. It is until you quit. So one of the questions I had, because um, you've been doing this for three years, mm-hmm. I think that's amazing that it's happened so great and so quickly for you. Would you say that there's any recommendations for people for pace of growth? Was there a growing pain that you guys had to go through, maybe growing too fast, or did you pace yourself too slow? What would you say with that with, okay, things are going good, we're, we're getting up to these peaks. When do you say, what more can we do? And how do you pace yourself not to overcome, like overdo what you're, what you're doing? Or is there no pacing at all, you just do it? <laughs> well, I think you do. I think you have to define first of all stay on top of your finances know exactly how much money you have and how much money you can play with and how much risk you can take um, and by risk I mean like how many how much in expenses can you back up before you get your next check hmm. because it, it really is it, I think it's something that very rarely ever talked about whenever I hear uh, other entrepreneurs being interviewed they they've done very well and this part isn't very important by then um, but this is just in the beginning for someone that's starting, a young person who wants to do their own business or take another option. Um, I think it's that. And pace yourself. You eventually, God, life, luck, preparation will come to you and you will get a break. And when that break comes, understand what it means. For us, it was we, when, we were, when, we, when most of our accounts were under $1,000 a month, we had our first big contract. And, it's, and I thought, yeah, I can pull it off. I can do it. I didn't know what that meant. And that meant a lot of patience and having people who respected me to a certain extent to trust that I was going to pay them, mm-hmm. um, which I never defaulted. I, till this day, I make sure everybody is taken care of. Um, but I think it's that. And when you say scale to what point, I think it's eventually taking a leap of faith and it's and getting a huge contract and growing too quick. A lot of people say, don't grow too quick. I agree with that. Um, just, it, it comes down to your finances. Make sure it's covered. Make sure it's, make sure you have the resources. If not, make sure you have that rich uncle who's gonna help you, who mm-hmm. believes in you, and don't default on those people. Take so, care of your relationships. So, so grow more based off of the reality of the books than the dreams of how much more you can make. Right. <laughs> So that's what we're getting at. Right. And with the reality of the books, the books will tell you one, tell you a story. 
have the resources. If you believe that you can do better than that, go for it, but make sure you can back it. Make sure that yeah. you can back it. Otherwise, you're going to be in big trouble. Insurance policies. Always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so, for all our young listeners out there, I'm talking like I'm like 30 plus. I am the same <laughs> age as probably someone listening to this podcast. But for all us millennials and Gen Z, um, we all have fears, worries, doubts in ourselves right before we start um, a, a, a trail to entrepreneurship. What fear and worries did you have in the beginning? And then what fear and worries do you have now while, while you're running this business? My fear and worry was failure. I remember I remember that I held myself back. I mean, I, I had a very comfortable job. I was making decent money. I was an office manager for a real estate investment company. The potential was there. I was thinking about, hey, I could become a real estate investor down the road. Um, and, and I, but yet I held myself back. I would go home and I'd tell my husband, hey, I could do something better than this. I can make so much more than what I'm making right now. And I'd go home and he says, well, you know, you're, there's, it's a lot of talk, but no action. What are, like, that's never gonna happen if you don't do something about it. So then I just decided to quit out of nowhere and just jumped into it. And the, I was afraid of failure. And I thought, you know what? I am ready to fail. I am ready to go all in. If I am gonna fail, I will not have that slow little, fa- you know, very slow patient failure. I will go down like a soap opera death, or what is it, a telenovela? Yeah. The, the, the telenovela? Yeah, the dramatic yeah, one. The dramatic one. I am going to go down and either get, you know, in fireworks, flames and fireworks, or get eaten by a shark, or I don't know, something like that. It's just going to be very dramatic. And it's, I'm going to go all in. And that's what I, I did. And until this day, I am still afraid. I'm still afraid of failure. And it doesn't go away. And it's and I, sometimes I think when everything is coming out good, it's, it's like, uh-oh. I have, I, I call it, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, um, but I say I have email PTSD. The, the email, my email clicks, and it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to see? Like, I just start, my heart rate goes up. I get really panicky because I feel that it's bad news, or I don't know what it, what's in that email. So I freak out, but anyways. And, um, and that's, it never goes away. It's... Mm. Fear is always there. It's just of something different, and you just gotta go in. What failures? Because um, I'm, I'm sure there's some that hiccups have come up creating this business have passed. And how, what did you do to overcome them? Failures. It's so silly. Yeah, big or small. Big or small. I mean, the my most awful day was because I had gotten a new contract and the people that I had just hired for that contract didn't show up, none of them. So I showed up, I worked for 14 hours straight and I got the job done. And that was, at the time, that was the most awful thing that could happen to me, but now looking back at it, it's um, it's um, it's really not that bad. And that's kind of how it is. It's, you know, it's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Will I die from this? No, then you will be fine. Like that, I'm gonna start saying that when I go to work. Am I gonna die from this? No, I'm gonna be just fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're kind of getting to the end of this podcast, um, and I want to ask you uh, two 
two really good things um, for our listeners. So in, in your eyes, what defines a great entrepreneur or a great leader? I think those two are separate questions. Um, mm-hmm. I think a person who doesn't quit, one, because as an entrepreneur, because you don't quit on that vision, and because there's other people watching you. You, in a way, have responsibility for those people and meeting the results of all those people who are watching you. Mm-hmm. Because there's somebody out there who, in a way, has wanted to do what you're doing in their own way, um, but has wanted to do something like that. And they're just watching you. See how it is. See, let's see how it's going. Let's see how it's working out. Maybe I can one day launch myself. And it is a responsibility that I think that we have for, for all that. And by not quitting, we give hope. Yeah, just don't quit. Yeah. Just don't quit. Keep going. Inspire other people to, to move forward. It's yeah. possible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, now, what last-minute advice would you give like a, someone who just graduated from college or is in, in college right now uh, about entrepreneurship? One, uh, well, entrepreneurship, just do it. Just do it. Try it. Test it. College is a phenomenal place to start it out. You have, you're surrounded by professionals mm-hmm. who know what they're doing, who have done it. If not, they know somebody who has and they can connect you. You have all the books. You have all the knowledge to get it done. And if, and if you fail, you will be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just do it. Go for it. It's a great bubble to be able to fail. Oh, fail absolutely. A lot. And you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are exactly in the same position as you. I uh-huh. think that that's the best. There isn't a better place in there. Start. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on this podcast with Azuma. I really appreciate it. This was amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad that you were able to be on our first episode. So we really hope to see you again in the future. Um, sometime to kind of see how you're doing with the business but um, for everybody out there listening thank you and we're looking forward to see you on our next segment on Go Entrepreneur Yourself so tune in thank you listeners have yourself a wonderful day